You're listening to Nowhere to Run with Chris White on the Revelations Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome to Nowhere to Run. My name is Chris, and thank you for tuning in to the show, however it is that you found it, whether it was through Revelations Radio Network, the Revere Radio Network, the Black Vault Radio Network, iTunes, Google Search, YouTube, whatever. I'm glad that you're here. So, we're going to start off with the news. First, we're going to talk a little bit about CERN. There is a, uh, a news story here called The First Extinction Event. Leaked CERN documents state that LHC has a 70% chance to produce strangelets on 11-9. So, that's a month and two days from now. A um, little background on CERN. It's, a, a, it's known as the Large Hadron Collider. It's a massive particle collider, the biggest thing that man has ever built, or most expensive thing, anyway. Uh, it is uh, much bigger and ca- is capable of much faster speeds than any known particle collider. They basically throw particles around in opposing directions and collide them together in p- specific points where there's all these sensors around that then sense what happens when you collide those particles. Essentially, that's it. A lot of weird things uh, about CERN, in my opinion. One is that it's uh, it's essentially alchemy. They talk a lot about you know taking lead particles and through this process, turning them into gold. So if you know anything about alchemy, that's a, a pretty literal uh, fulfillment of it. I think that there's some weird dark occult thing going on there, too, mainly because of the people at CERN. There's a lot of occult stuff going on, and not just CERN, but other particle colliders. Right outside of CERN is this huge statue of Shiva, the destroyer god of um, of Indian um, mythology, standing in front of this huge ring of fire, which is uh, not uncommon for Shiva depictions. But um, anyway, Shiva destroys in order to bring new birth. But anyway, so let's go to this um, to this article. Abstract, we have received and will show in this article astonishing documents leaked out of CERN inter- uh, internal servers about the Castor Project and the Centauru Project and strangelet object research to hunt for strangelets, quote-unquote, likely to be produced at LHC. According to those internal documents, CERN has been lying for years to press to the press and in the suits since it has always affirmed that it won't produce the ultra-dangerous, ultra-dense strangelets, the liquid explosives made up and down, made of up, down, and strange quarks, quarks responsible for the ice-9 reactions that cause supernovas. And there's got a below graph, it says here, which I can make absolutely no sense of. It says, in those documents, CERN affirms that there is a 65 to 70 percent uh, that there is a 65 to 70% of chances of producing negative strangelets, which, according to standard science on strangelets today, will provoke the ICE-9 reactions. Name taken from Cat and, Cr- and Cradle's book, in which the physicist destroys the world, uh, throwing a new type of water that freezes the planet, since an ICE-9 reaction will condensate the planet in a 15-kilometer ultra-dense strange star. Okay, I don't know what that means. Thus, CERN has been lying, and it's playing with all of mankind, a quantum Russian roulette game with four shots out of six, six point six six chances of extinction. This uh, will be, even if we survive, the biggest genocide in history, calculated multiplying probability and victims of 66.6 billion tons, or whatever. So, basically, they could destroy the world, possibly, in this uh, experiment. I don't think they are going to, because um, that is not what is described at all in the Bible. And, you know, it's not just like, and then everything got wiped out. End of end of story. You know, I think that if that was the case, there would be way too much um, uh, emphasis on the New World Order and everything else, uh, what they're doing and the, the games that they're setting up. It's uh, it's all for naught, really, because we're just going to get destroyed next month. So, and plus, you know, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. I, I have no doubt that it's possible to happen, but I, I tend to think they probably know what they're doing and and those types of things. Not that I trust them as people, but I probably trust them as uh, scientists. So, 
in any event, we will just, I'm just saying that to again point at CERN and say, look how weird this thing is. It's just, it's just plain weird. So that's all that. Uh, going to Mission News Network, Somalia spreads its conflict into Kenya. Um, this is from today, October 7th. Somalia's militant group, Shabab, is no longer confining its agenda to the country's borders. They are now spreading into neighboring countries. There will not be a rescue coming from the Somali government. Todd Nettleton, the voice of, of the Voice of the Martyrs, says that peacekeeping help that Somalia is getting is hampered by internal anarchy. Quote, how do you provide support to a country that is basically a failed state where there is chaos on the ground? A failed state describes a country with a fractured social and political structure. Nettleton notes, really, there is no authority structure. There is no government body that really has the power to enforce their will on the country. Sadly, Somalia has been uh, leading failed states, the failed states index for three years running. The conflict is now extending into Kenya. One reason might be al-Shabaab's intent to eradicate Christianity and create a Muslim state. Nettleton explains, We heard a report that al-Shabaab literally had a list of Christians that they were seeking. Since al-Shabaab is hunting believers, they are fleeing. There are Christians who have had to, had to leave Somalia who are in some of these refugee camps in the surrounding nations. As the al-Shabaab philosophy spreads into those camps, those Christians are put directly at risk. For example, Kenya. Despite the opposition, Nettleton says the gospel can't be discounted. There, there is still a remnant church, albeit deep underground. Voice of the Martyrs has found a way to let them know that they are not forgotten. It's a challenge to find Christians. It's a challenge to support them. We have provided some help to the families uh, of martyrs in Somalia. While the situation seems hopeless, there is one avenue that suppresses the political venues. The most significant thing we can do is to pray for the country of Somalia, to pray especially for our Christian brothers and sisters there. Somalia is ranked... Uh, uh, fourth on the Open Doors World Watch list of countries that are noted for the persecution of Christians. Pray for encouragement and strength for the Christians remaining in Somalia as well as those who have been forced to leave their homes. Okay. Um, and Somalia is definitely... I, I finally realized after looking at this map why Somalia pri pirates exist because there's such a landlocked thing that they've got access to that... You know, I could see why there's such a problem with Somali pirates because uh, they don't have much sea to travel in order to really, you know, ha have to make any ships pass through their uh, their area. Anyway, um, that's a side note and really consequential side note. Uh, back to Fe uh, this is dollar dollar tumbles as Fed prepares to print more money. The Reuters story here is titled Forex uh, Dollar. Dollar falls on policy and balance occurs. So the dollar hits 15-year low against the yen. Um, dollar, okay, dollar's downtrend gathered pace Thursday as it slid to a 15-year low versus the Japanese yen and an all-time low against the Swiss franc on the prospect of more money being printed by the U.S. Federal Reserve. So printing more money, there's all kinds of stuff about this. There's Story after story about financial collapse out there. I mean, I pass up story after story of different aspects of financial collapse. The IMF, you know, saying that everybody needs to continue to bail out um, banks and stuff like that. And the stuff is just getting bad. You know, food prices are going up and all this stuff. And as opposed to just reading all of them or dwelling on it, I think that you just should know about it. Uh, to be prudent is important. And uh, to have, I, I think, a... A decent amount of uh, food and you know uh, water of some sort. Water filter is great. Um, got my alarm going off here. I had a meeting yesterday around this time, so uh, that's an important thing. I don't think that we should freak out. I don't think that we should turn into you know crazy people about it. But I think that we should be prudent about it as well. And maybe next every time you go to the grocery store just buy a little bit buy a bag of rice and a bag of dried beans you know and then just slowly build up buy some canned foods here and there and if if it's put on your heart to buy a bunch of stuff that's fine i just think that uh like anything else it just can't be our it can't be our hope we can't put our hope in our in our preparing for ourselves um that being said it's good to do and it's kind of like I just, especially after reading the recent books, I'll talk about a little bit later, like um, George Mueller's autobiography. It just seems so 
so contrary to uh, trust in ourselves in a time like that, especially in a time like that. But that being said, there's a great deal of practical, prudent things that we need to do. And one of those things is to recognize what's going on. You see this stuff happening. You see the financial stuff. It doesn't really matter what happens to your physical stuff, you know, but you just want to make sure the basics are done, clothing and food. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing, but that's something that you want to do. That's why I think that, uh, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, he, after the first part of that, which is essentially, um, you know, you know, asking the Lord for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, his stuff, what he's got going on first. And then right after that, before you really get into anything else, it's it's you, your daily bread. It's a pretty basic thing. Uh, but encompassed in that daily bread is also you, you know, opportunity for you to pray for all sorts of things that you need. But daily is important uh, to note. It's not a weekly bread. It's not a, you know, give me my yearly bread so I don't have to worry about it for a year. You know, in in this you know, you see a lot of that um, with Jesus. He doesn't want them to take, you know, these provisions. He wants them to rely on him on a day-to-day basis. And therein is really spiritual growth. Uh, I just uh, tweeted, uh, retweeted something from the Voice of the Martyrs saying that in times of persecution is really where uh, Christians become, you know, really good evangelism and, and, and soul winning. And these types of things are really done in, in, in historically speaking in terms, in the midst of persecution. It's just... That's where we really shine because that's where we have to rely on God on a day-to-day basis. So, I think as long as you have that understanding of it, I think that that uh, you know we'll be all right as far as that goes. So, okay, uh, so financial stuff, everything's collapsing, yada yada, dollar sinking, food prices rising, rising, all that stuff. Uh, this is an interesting one about um, where is it? Okay. After growth, fortunes turn for Monsanto. This is from Blacklisted News, and uh, it says, As recently as late December, Monsanto was named Company of the Year by Forbes magazine. Last week, the company earned a different accolade from Jim Cramer, the television stock market commentator, who said, quote, This may be the worst stock of 2010. Bags of Ascro Roundup-ready soybean seeds uh, sit inside a Monsanto lab in St. Louis, Monsanto, the world's biggest seed company, plans to complete most of its $800 million stock buyback, $800 million stock buyback plan more than a year ahead of schedule after the shares dropped to the lowest since 2007. Monsanto, the giant of agricultural biotechnology, has been uh, buffeted by setbacks this year that have prompted an analysis to question whether its winning streak to question its winning streak of creating ever more expensive genetically engineered crops in coming, is coming to an end. The company stock, which rose steadily over the several years to peak around $140 a share in, the mid, in mid-2008, closed Monday at 47.77, uh, having fallen about 42% since the beginning of the year. Its earnings for the fiscal year have ended in August, which will be announced Wednesday and are expected to be well below projections made by the, at the beginning of the year, and the company has abandoned its profit goal for 2012 as well. The latest blow came last week when early returns from this year's harvest showed that Monsanto's new, newest project, SmartStacks, uh, which contains eight inserted genes, was providing yields no higher than the company's less expensive corn, which contains only three foreign genes. Monsanto had already been forced to sharply cut prices on SmartStacks and on its newest soybean seeds calls Roundup Ready to yield as sales fell below projections. But there is more. Sales of Monsanto's Roundup, the widely used herbicide, has collapsed this year under the onslaught of low-priced generics made in China. Um, Weeds are growing resistant to Roundup, dimming the future of the entire Roundup Ready crop franchise. And the Justice Department is investigating Monsanto's possible antitrust violations. Until now, Monsanto's main challenge has come from opponents of genetically modified crops who have slowed their adoption in Europe and some other regions. Now, however, the skeptics also include farmers and investors who were once Monsanto in Monsanto's camp. Well, that's great news, you know, I mean. Uh, but I don't think that Monsanto is, is out. In fact, I really... Uh, don't think that. And one of the reason is, one of his reasons is, is because uh, the foods are, and what's his name? Michael Taylor here in this uh, article, just to give a, a brief 
outline. This is from theexaminer.com. Will Obama's new foods are and organic farming? It would appear so. It would appear so, considering the history of this latest appointment of Michael uh, Taylor as food czar. The former Monsanto executive worked closely with the FDA, passing legislation that here we go restricts organic farming. Uh, and as an attorney for the agriculture uh, giant Monsanto, Taylor helped find find legal loopholes for manufacturers of DDT, PCBs, pesticides aspartame and bovine growth hormone i mean like the the who's who list of the 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 biggest fda conspiracies you know uh this guy was all in i mean you can't get any more bad news than this guy he was the guy who who made it possible for aspartame ddt uh pesticides he's he's the guy he restricts organic farming monsanto guy this guy is just all around food Nazi. It's the worst possible selection. And if, if we were thinking we were living in the real world, you know, if this was like not all supposed to be happening, if there wasn't actually a, uh, a conspiracy, if you will, to uh, poison the food and everything, it makes no sense otherwise. Uh, because this guy is just bad news. So I guess what I'm saying is that although it's, it's good to look at Monsanto and uh, all the stuff they're doing, it's still bad. Monsanto has, uh, has, is doing things that are irreversible. And now that, uh, more or less this, you know, all it takes is some restriction. We've seen, you know, stuff like the, with the salmon, genetically modified salmon stuff that's going on right now, they just approved it. And the issue is that it, no, it's, I think the, the people have said it's, it's woefully inadequate tests. There isn't even like, um, any, any scientist that has to do with that or allergens or anything on the board, which is like it's mostly about allergens, the problems that are, are concerning the GM stuff. But all that to say that they're the policy of not telling people what is and what isn't genetically modified, you know, not labeling the food as such, whereas other countries don't have it. As I mentioned in that previous article, that some countries resistance to it. But here in America, we're not resistant to it primarily because we have no idea that it's going on or if we are cursory aware of it we don't really know a lot about it if we saw that's why they don't uh, let you put it on their um their the packaging i have seen packages with it on there but i have also read articles where it says that's illegal to do uh where you can't say something such and such is genetically modified because it would make people not buy it you know or if you I think what I actually saw was companies that wanted to say we are not genetically modified and put that on their product. That's what was not legal, which is like weird. So anyway, Monsanto food stuff, that's pretty much uh that's pretty much what that's all about. And quickly here from the Voice of the Martyrs, this one Muslim mob attacks Christians in Punjab province in Pakistan, dozens of Christians were attacked by a mob of Muslims of Muslim militants in the Gujarat district in, Pun, in the Punjab province, Pakistan, on September 23rd, approximately 40 Muslims have uh, uh, some armed with guns and others with axes and clubs rampaged through the streets. They fired shots at homes and individuals in the streets and beat some Christians so severely that they were left for dead. Among the believers targeted in the violence was Tariq Gill, a man exonerated of charges of blaspheming the Quran in September of 2009. Tariq's parents were also assaulted. His mother was stripped naked and dragged through the streets. At last report, several critically injured Christians were receiving hospital care. Uh, pray for the victims of the brutal violence. Pray for the authorities will act justly and with integrity in this case. Pray that, uh, pray that suffering Christians in Pakistan will take comfort in the promise of the Lord that those who suffer with Christ will also be glorified with him in Romans 8, verse 17 and 18. We've also got uh, church demolished, uh, Bible study in China, same situations, uh, eight house churches closed in Syria. And that is all that's going on with Voice of the Martyrs in this particular report. Okay, transitioning into some show note type of things and some other important news. First, 
on Verse by Verse Bible Teaching, which the website is versebyversebibleteaching.com. Added a new link to some more Verse by Verse stuff there from Zach Poonin, who is a really great uh, Verse by Verse teacher that I just found, thanks to my friend out there in Poland. Finally started checking him out. Really enjoy him. So, but the main thing I wanted to say is that we postponed the verse by verse till next week. So we're a week behind on that. We're finishing up Titus 2. We've got one more verse in that. Another important note about verse by verse is that Mike and I decided that we are most likely going to do a separate topical thing that will turn into a, a video series about end times prophecy and things like that. Um, basically doing a look at Matthew 24, comparing it to Revelation 6, and then Daniel 11, and of course, Second Thessalonians, and some other stuff like that. I think that, you know, with so much stuff out there in prophecy, I, there's a lot of prophecy stuff out there that, you know, they're all different views or, or whatever, but people write their books or do whatever, and, and it's kind of like, you can't all be right because you're all saying different things. But the interesting thing is that a lot of them, the genuine ones anyway, are uh, are right about something. They, they're they writing a book about some aspect that is correct. And then there's a lot of stuff in there that's probably not correct. And so we really want to do this because uh, a few – we but knowing that um, we're the best case scenario is that we could be more right than we are wrong but that we are going to be wrong in certain aspects and things like that. But the attempt is to be more right about it than we are wrong. I think the interesting thing about the view that Mike and I both share is that it has the ability to reconcile people as opposed to, you know, bring them further apart. The ideas of the rapture, the post mid um, and, you know, pre all have their reconciliation, I believe in the pre-wrath, but it's not, it's not a study about the pre-wrath rapture. It's just, it's a study about, um, the end times view, uh, the beginning of the end times and what, what, uh, Jesus told us to look for at the beginning of Matthew 24 and which is clearly and, and evidently paralleled in, in Revelation 6 without any doubt. And, uh, you can also see those parallels in other places and you can see that, that being brought for, forth in other places, Second Thessalonians and things like that, it's clear that that Paul was teaching on Matthew 24 when he was saying, you know, uh, what he says. So I, I'm going to save that for that study bit. I think it's going to be a really fruitful one, and we're going to really try to make a uh, a really good video of it. And I don't know how how exactly we're going to be able to do it in any reasonable length of time, but we will figure it out. So, uh, other show note issues uh, after the verse-by-verse thing here. Quickly, 2012 Deception, working on a a totally revamp of that site. Well, maybe not in the look of it, but the layout. And in addition to that, uh, looking for more posters. Andrew Hoffman has been doing a really good job posting on the 2012 Deception site. Uh, And I have been just put up a post recently I mentioned in the last show. And now I've got two others in the can that I need to put up here really, really shortly. But I also am hoping that people out there, if you, if you have uh, anything to say about 2012, done some research on a particular issue in regards to 2012, I'd like to give you a platform to, uh, to post it. It's a high ranking blog. So it'll hit the search engines really high. If you title the, the, the blog accordingly and just give an opportunity for any writers out there or, uh, anybody that has something to say about 2012, as we approach 2012, it becomes more and more a uh, and a tool to help people to to figure out the truth about all this stuff. So that's partially why the rearranging of the site to make it more easy to make it easier to navigate, but also make it easier to find the important uh, things that they uh, need to know about not just 2012, but about. Uh, what's all going on in eternity and uh, hopefully point them to the gospel. Uh, so the other issue is really excited about the the transition to what I've always really thought was, um, you know, one of the more fruitful things, which was the ministry to the new age and, and, and not just the new age, but the occult and things like that, which is what is growing more and more and more. And it's it's a great honor to be able to uh, do this new video about David Icke and so much new information is coming in. I'm just re- the research is going very well. 
I do ask for your prayers because it's really difficult, and without the Lord's help, it's not going to be any good. Uh, but there is just so much, so much information that's uh, coming out. The angle that I'm taking, I think, is going to be, so, it's going to be such an impact to the new age because it's going to be able to. I think opened the eyes of so many people using the platform of David Icke, but it's just so easy with that to reveal uh, if it's done right. And that's really the hard part is to, to order this right and to put it all together and to find the correct information. But it has the ability to totally expose what's really behind the, this uh, idea. And that Icke is, is, has two parts of his research, the conspiracy stuff and new age stuff. And, uh, I think that the, the, the conspiracy stuff is just, it's a given that, that it's the bait and the new age stuff is really what's behind him. Now, David Icke, by his own admission, I mean, his almost every interview he does, he talks about these experiences that he had with these entities that told him what to do, gave him all the information, possessed him, told him to write the books, did write the books. He then later had further confirmation when he took uh, some ayahuasca in Brazil and had a, uh, another being talking to him and all these things. Uh, but it's going to be very interesting to demonstrate all this stuff. One thing I was checking out, uh, just as a sort of side note, is if anybody knows David Icke, is that place in um, in Peru that he went. Peru is notorious for uh human sacrifice and they actually three minutes from where david ike had this experience i can't find the exact location because he 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 in his testimony he goes to this one place and then he drives three minutes down the road and sees another similar place stone circle uh and stuff and he goes up there and that's where he had the experience but the place that he was at originally when he had this experience where uh he was literally convulsing under the the power of this thing that he said opened up his you know enlightened him and told him all this stuff was a place that was used for so much human sacrifice and other types of sacrifice but human sacrifice they had uh channels in the rock going up from this hill down to the lake where the blood would uh would spill into the the thing so and it's actually got interestingly enough a a a lizard uh, in the in the rock there where they would sacrifice the stuff. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's that's really I don't know how much of a big deal I'm going to make about that. But that's that's what this is. I mean, you know, in just regular Satanism, it's like that's what they do. I mean, the reason that a ritual site is empowered is because it's got demonic presence there. It's sort of attached there. That's why certain houses are quote unquote haunted because there was rituals done there. And, you know, of course, the ghosts are all the more happy to let you think that they're, you know, some sweet old lady or whatever, because they don't want to go anywhere. They're, they, they, uh, they want you to live, be okay with it. Um, but nevertheless, uh, let's move on. I, well, before, before we do, I just want to, again, encourage you to pray for me about the David Icke thing, because there is a lot of opportunity to, uh, in the context of that, to not only explain what's really behind the New World Order and what, what the real deal is, but it's also an uh, opportunity to really glorify Christ and to uh, to let the gospel be known. So let's just uh, keep me in prayer for that one. And moving on, a few other notes with this kind of thing. The Oh yeah, this is a big one. If you're interested, I've got, I just put together a, a four torrents of all my videos, everything that I've done up up to this point, tried to go through the old hard drives that I had and tried to track down the original copies. Um, so it's the best possible quality. I know people have asked about, you know, saying the quality in YouTube is really bad and, um, you know, I've gone through different computers and stuff. So tried to find all of them. And um, so what I would suggest is if you are interested in that, you can uh, go to my website, nowheretorunradio.com, click the videos tab, and at the top there is a link to the four different torrents. Now, if you don't know how to use torrents, you have to download a, a torrent client like uTorrent or something. It's all free, and uh, you, there might be a little of a learning curve. You could learn it on YouTube or whatever, and tutorials or something. Not that difficult to do. Download the torrent file, open the torrent file in, in, in uTorrent, and begin to download it. There, those are right now at uh, Consen, or used to be Conspiracy Central, which hates me, by the way, or 
uh, you know, there's some people on there that, that don't hate me, but for the most part, they really, really hate me. Um, but thankfully when I put these up there, which is the only place I've ever really put torrents just because I just, it's the only place I've put torrents. It's free. It's not like, you know, there's not like crazy, you know, porn stuff everywhere, like all the other torrent sites. So it's, um, so that's there. Uh, but in the process, somebody mentioned a new torrent site, which is just checked this morning and has now been seeded probably sufficiently enough for me to change those links on my site. But, um, it's conspiracyhub.com. So you can also go to Conspiracy Hub. And right now they have my videos pinned there at the top of Conspiracy Hub. So um, you can download them there. But they are, you know, for the Christian conspiracy theorists, it's a, it's a goldmine of a site. So check that out, Conspiracy Hub. I saw some Chuck Missler on there earlier and a lot of other really cool stuff. So, uh, And actually, I got... Uh, well, I won't go into there. But uh, so... That is that videos, the entire collection of my videos are now available in torrents, four separate torrents in different categories, debunks, conspiracy and miscellaneous, uh, apologetics and Christian and tracks and Spanish. Speaking of, I've got a Spanish uh, video uh, that Anna has done uh, with uh, the Reiki interview that I did with Lynn. So that is hopefully will be done uh, before the end of this week. I've got a lot going on this week, so I'm hoping that it will. Well, I guess it's technically going the week is going to end in 2 days, but I've got a lot of a lot of stuff to do in the next 2 weeks. So okay, so let's move on to this interesting um I guess you could call it a epiphany of sorts. I've been praying for a thirst for the word for a while. I think it's stuff that you, we should all pray for, you know, the stuff that we don't do on our own really good. Like, it's hard to, like, want to pray. It's hard to want to read the Bible. And if you're like, well, I know I should read the Bible, but I don't. I know I should be praying, but I'm not. That's okay. If you pray for nothing else ever, just pray for that you would be given a desire to read the Bible. And make it, and I had been praying that sort of, it became just sort of a rhetoric, you know, in my prayers, you know, and also give me a thirst for the word and blah, 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 blah. And it's been going on for a while now. I was looking back at my old like notes and prayer notes and I have it there. Uh, and what's interesting is I have been, in fact, been given that thirst for the word in a really, you just really great way. And I noticed it happening. I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I, I want to just totally shred the Bible and read all this stuff that I haven't read before and, and all this stuff. And I, I saw, I noticed it, it happening. So I was like, I've got to go get like a Bible that I don't know. And the way I think sometimes it's like, let me get me like a really, you know, a Bible that I really like. And it's just like perfect. And then I'll just like, it'll be great. Cause I, I, I saw like some guy in this, uh, missionary video from heart cry, uh, an update, this guy from Australia that, uh, I might play that, uh, that clip a little later on, but he was, he held up this Bible that he was able to hold in his pocket and he was talking about him just being a swordsman and, and, uh, and I was like, man, I really want to like be, have like a Bible that I can hold like that and I can carry around and then like know it really good. You know, I know like a lot of stuff about the Bible, but I really want to know, I want to be able to like know where stuff is like the, you know, know where, um, if somebody is having a question about this, I know where to turn to or different places to turn to for that thing. I just want to get good at knowing the Bible and I want, and, uh, I mentioned the last few shows of memorizing Bible verses and stuff like that. That's that's going good. I, I especially think that that makes all the sense in the world when you're memorizing Bible verses of stuff that you need to do. For instance, uh, I got Bible verses this time about reading reading the Bible. Uh, Joshua one eight here: The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Um, I've also got uh, a few more here on that, but, uh, anyway, the, the issue is, is that, uh, I just want to encourage people to, to do that. One thing that I think is helpful when reading the Bible is to get an intro from, for a book. Like, um, maybe if you're if you have a study Bible, a lot of times it'll, it'll have a little paragraph or two about what that book is about. 
Um, Chuck Missler is really great. If you, uh, he's got a lot of, uh, fr- this stuff online for free as far as streaming. You could go to any of his commentary in the New Testament and hear him, hear the first session that he does on, on a, on a book of the Bible. And he does these hugely long intros to every book of the Bible to the, by the time he's done with them, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Let's get right into this. This is like the best book of the Bible ever written. And then. Uh, that that's a really encouraging thing to know the background of a book before you get into it. Uh, but side sort of side note to all that is Bible versions. Now I know that I come from a school like most of you probably do that uh, the King James Texas Receptus is I think the the way to go. In this research, I was even more confirmed in that in that belief. I think that it it really as far as the Greek the Greek versions and stuff like that. That being said, uh, there is. There is something to be said also for some looking into other versions for readability purposes. And, and I got, um, uh, and especially if the version, uh, it is putting it in brackets, like it's reading like it normally does, except it just has brackets saying this wasn't in, you know, whatever, this wasn't in the other manuscript, the, the received text or whatever. So, and the new American standard, the new versions of that, uh, do do that for, uh, and I think that, uh, I did a lot of research as to which, which one to get. I wanted to get a more readable version. Again, I, I've noticed the small differences and stuff between the King James and all that stuff, and I understand all that. But, I would say that after doing a lot of research into other Bible versions and stuff, I find that the New American Standard is a really good, uh, um, mix between deadly accurate as far as staying to the text, and showing not just in the footnotes but in brackets where the differences are. So anyway, it's a it's a very good version. I think the ESV um a lot it's like the real super popular one right now. I think it's really great for more readable, but it's less um less true to the text. And I also bought a um like a seven dollar Bible on Amazon of a version which they um hasn't really come out yet. I mentioned before the uh the international standard version. Not the new international version, but the international standard version, which is um supposed to be out n- next year. And it's it's bag is that it's trying to be the most accurate and most readable uh English translation. And it is really, really uh readable. I'll give it that. I haven't had it a lot to check out whether or not it is uh um what the reason I, I have like an ad, advanced copy I got on Amazon? You you were able to, up until very recently to buy their New Testament um, because they had completed the New Testament, but they were still working on the Old Testament. So you were able to buy that, but I guess they've had some printing problems, so now they weren't selling it from the website. So I found it on Amazon. But it's a really it reads like a book, and it's just it's a really good you know readable version. But I know I, I'm gonna get people mad at that and stuff. The but I think that. Uh, if you, like me, um, want to read the Bible but find it a little bit more difficult for reading purposes because of the King James English, but you want to stay true to the King James, uh, you know, Texas Receptus text, I do find that the New American Standard Version is at least, uh, out of all the English translations that are available, I feel the best, best shot. Okay, I'm going to play about a 20-minute clip of KPU Hannon here in a second, but before I do, I want to mention the YouTube channel. Just rearranged it uh, altogether, started adding comments uh, or allowing comments on the first page. I, I did that originally, but it, uh, somebody mentioned it was just so much uh, you know, profanity and stuff that people were using that uh, it was hard to hard to deal with, so I took it down, but then I just put it back up because I feel that it opens up some dialogue there. Started doing a lot more with the favorites there, so if you're subscribed to the channel, you can also be subscribed to the favorites. Uh, If you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, if you haven't already, I highly recommend doing it. It's a great way to keep up with uh, the YouTube stuff, especially especially stuff like the favorites, because there's so much out there that is just really helpful and edifying and blessing. One of the things that I've taken to do is uh, every every Saturday, um, you know, I'll make a uh, a CD or a DVD rather of some of the YouTube clips that are out there that I might have in my favorites, and just make a DVD. And me and my wife will watch them, and you know, just get uh, you know blessed by them. It's just a good reminder every week, you know, of, of uh, how important and real um, 
you know, this all is. So uh, I'm going to play one of the things that we listened to last week. It was a 20-minute clip from K.P. Yohannan, who is the founder of Gospel for Asia. He uh, is a brilliant speaker, and um, he really gets you fired up and, and convicted in a lot of ways uh, of us who have so much. And uh, I think it's a really good idea to support missionaries out there. I support Gospel for Asia and you know Heart Cry, which is Paul Washer's thing, Wycliffe, uh, and you know some others out there. As far as missionaries, those three are the tent ones we tend to support. But uh, if you know of any good stuff to support, I think I'm going to start a section on my website of places that, uh, you know, good charities and, and good things like that, because I think that that's something I would really enjoy or is just a place where you can sort of shop for different places to give and stuff like that, because uh, I think it's good to find, you know, where your get your spiritual dollar is bearing the most fruit and things like that. And I think Gospel for Asia is a really good uh, place that does that. But uh, anyway, so here is KP Yohannan. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope this helps. Uh, give me an email if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything. If you have any questions about the Bible or anything, I'll be sure to get back to you really, really quick. Um, you can email me by going to my website, nowheretorunradio.com, hitting the contact button. You can also send me a uh, terrestrial email, or otherwise known as snail mail, or the post office, which is... Um, P.O. Box 110984. That's kind of like 1984, I realized as I was opening it up the other day. 110984. Totally an accident. Nashville, Tennessee, 37211. Okay, hope everybody uh, has a good week. Here's K.P. O'Hannon. Bye-bye. I got two children, my Danny and my Sarah, 20-year-old boy and 17-year-old girl. <laughs> From the day they were born, my prayer was, Lord, please save them and call them to be your workers. When they finish the high school, they both took the flight and went out to the mission field, now serving God in India. My son is in a place where I was beaten up and stoned and persecuted numerous times. And I said, Lord, if he must be killed and martyred on the mission field, I will be the first one to jump up and down. Thank you for the privilege you gave us to give our life for you. American Christians, my brother, my sister, are you godly enough? To keep the alarm clock, to wake you up, to weep over the lost world, to fast before the lost world and for God. I know those are strong words. Unless you are sensitive to the Lord, you can easily misunderstand. I am here to put you on a guilt trip or condemnation trip. We have a problem in America, in our church. We misunderstand obedience for legalism and bondage. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a day is soon coming. You will regret and repent. Too late it will be over the wasted life we spend for ourselves here. A world out there that do not know Jesus. And our priority number one, number one must be, Lord, I love you. As a result of that, I give all to touch the lost world. The amazing thing is that the opportunity you have as a fellowship, and I, I, mean, I have an illusion, I know you people, some of you drive from the end of the world to get to this church. And the reason you do that is because the Word of God is taught here. When you realize in America, we are one ordained minister for every 200 people. In Northern Bihar, 22 million people without one missionary, one Christian. That many people that never heard the name Jesus. In Afghanistan, 17 million people, the entire nation, not one church in the entire nation of Afghanistan. Turkey, with some 44 million people, maybe less than 200 Christians in the entire country. India, where I come from, we have 1 billion people population. What's the population of America you have? 250 million, that's right. And we just imagine how many times big the nation of India is. And half of India, about 500 million people, still waits to hear the message of salvation for the first time. And I've been, one year I traveled 200,000 air miles speaking to God's people in America. At the end of my trip, I decided I will never again travel and speak. Because I saw the Christianity is so filled with shallowness and plastic and lukewarm, it was just feed me, help me, take care of my religion. And information has become spirituality for more people. Just think about the number of Christian books you have. Think about the number of tapes you purchase. I mean, by the time I finish speaking, they will have cooked out 200 audio tapes that you will be getting. I can, you pay for it, I don't know what you do with it. 
But I mean the amount of I mean just look at your church, just one little church here. I mean it's not little, but it's big enough. But the bookstore, the tape, the program, the ladies' meeting, men's meeting, kids' meeting, all kind. Of, I mean you are bombarded with information. You get enough spiritual information in one week that over in China and India people don't get in five years. When I was in mainland China some time ago, the Chinese brother showed me photographs of baptism service taking place in the middle of the night in the icy waters because if they are caught publicly, they'll go to prison and be killed. And something more shocking they told me was that Brother KP, we have thousands of churches all over mainland China and those congregations are lucky if they have two Bibles to the name of the entire congregation. I said, repeat that please. They would say the same thing. I said, what do you guys do? Oh, they said, we get a Bible. We are so glad we tear the pages, 10 pages to one family, 20 pages next family, 20 pages next family. They take it home, they copy it, they bring back, then they swap it. Keep on circulating. And they hear the shortwave radio, Bible read through transfer radio broadcast, they copy the Bible. You realize 1.3 billion people in the entire nation, there's not one Christian bookstore. In Dallas, where we are, there are over 12 full-time Christian radio stations every day bombarding the gospel of all kinds. And here you got seven or eight of them, one you got plugged in your church here. But I'm telling you, do you realize that if you came to the church for six months, you are qualified to be a theologian, a Bible school teacher, overseas, average Christian here. You know so much. How blessed we are. But let's not fool ourselves because you got people coming here, large numbers, you got nice building. Let's not fool ourselves. That don't mean we are impacting the world. I tell you what, many years ago I went through a crisis in my life. The crisis was this, I wish I could believe there is no hell. You say, Brother KP, that sounds strange. Why is that? Because I was so getting desperate. If hell is real, I must do something more than what I was doing with my life. And I want to believe there is some other way to heaven than through Jesus. After all, hell is not real. But I tell you what, I went through the Bible, just like you read, and came to the conclusion, hell is real. There is a place and hell is not for a vacation for two years, ten years, like you put prisoners for murdering for ten years, twenty years. No, sir. Hell is for ever. And after ten billion trillion years, those in hell will scream, saying, I want to die, I want to die. That's all. Not even for a drop of water. They just want to die. And the answer comes again and again and again. You shall never die. You will never die. That is the fate of multiplied billions on planet earth. And you and I say, Jesus, I love you. And I tell you what, if we can believe what we say we believe with our lips. It will revolutionize our life. It will turn our lives upside down. When I say I went through this crisis of faith in my life, that is not a joke. And finally I said to myself, this is serious. And then with that, something else happened. I realized I ain't going to be here for a very long time. That's American talk. <laughs> now, so that you will not think this guy is telling stories, he didn't teach or preach. Let's look at the Bible verse. Book of Psalms 103. Verse 15. And as, as I read this thing, I want you to look at it closely and seriously. Psalm 103, verse 15. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourisheth like a flower of the field. And the wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. That means your life. It's not talking about some other you know, guys living in England or Germany or India or Dallas, Texas. I'm talking about you. Your life is like grass that you see out there, it comes up in the morning, your life, and flourishes like a flower. It looks wonderfully, put all your nice makeup on you, and go to the special place, get your hair cut, cost you $25, 30 or $30,000. And you make your nose big or small, 
I mean, you are 100 years old, but you look 20. <laughs> you know, the, the so-called American midlife crisis, I don't know what that is. Get a new car, new fashions, all these things, a new house, and everything. I mean, you are never satisfied with stuff to make you look nice and uh, acceptable and, and, uh, and all the stuff. And, I mean, it's all look nice, but you know what? The wind and says it's gone. Well, okay, okay, it is gone. But the sad thing is this man, and its place remembers it no more. The house you lived in, the car you drive, all the clothes you purchase, all the diamond ring, all the fancy stuff, and I mean the antiques you collect, and the house, the business, the, and the bank account, and none of that stuff will remember you. You are gone. And life goes on, and the trees still live on, the building still be there, but you are not here. But how we need to realize we are headed toward eternity, and that is not thousand miles away from now, it is next minute. This I will share with you, very candidly. The reason why we in America, with all the teaching, all the music, all the stuff going on, our lives are shallow, still struggling with sin and struggle in our private thought life with things that you know not pleasing God and the struggle of raising your children in a godly way and the lack of victory in your life, lack of authority of God in your life, seeking to please men rather than God. You ever so busy, we can't be quiet. In the car, in the shower, in the room, everywhere you go, we have to be kept busy because we are a restless people. Why is it? Why is it? It is simply because we do not want to accept the cross of Christ into our life. Cross means self-denial, giving up our own wishes and dreams for the sake of the cross, for the sake of Calvary. And that's what we are missing here. That's the reason with all the stuff we miss so much of reality. But how do you plug into reality? You know, this all what I'm telling you can be just words. But let me tell you, my wife just came back from North India and I was there visiting the mission field and she met with one of our leaders who coordinated the work in North of India. And she was telling about the Faridabad slum. The largest slum of the world is in Bombay. Five million people live there. Slum, how can you explain it? There's no dirty place in America that can be compared with the slum. The water from the sewage flow through this muddied wetland. Millions of people live there. Their house is made of little plastic pieces that stuck up on the sticks they collect from the street. They sleep on the damp mud floor. That's their home. And the kids are playing in the sewage. And they die there. 100,000 children on the streets of Bombay alone, not knowing who their parents are. This one missionary who was employed by the government of India, making big money, a beautiful wife, two beautiful children, living in Delhi in the capital city. He heard the call of God for the slum people. He took his wife and kids, went to the slum. Our leader said to my wife, Andy, if you just walk on the edge of the slum, you have to close your nose. You cannot breathe. It is so dirty, so stinking. Pollution, open sores and bodies. Yet, in that one small slum, over 5,000 families live. And the missionary took his wife and kids and decided he will live among those slum people in that little hut, sleeping there, eating their food, and if need be dying there for the sake of him who left all and gave his life to reach the lost and this world, including you and me and our children, our family. It was not easy. It was deliberate. Embracing of the cross, not forced upon him. Within a few months' time, he was able to baptize quite a lot of people, and the church was born right in the middle of that slum. People coming half naked, 
children with a bloated stomach, hungry and dying, but now come and sit on the dirt floor, clapping hands and worshipping Jesus. You know what? They are looking not for a better, healthy future here. They are looking for something far beyond and glorious beyond all this. And that is the call of Christ that he put upon our life. It is by the grace of God you are born in this country that I was born in a Christian home. You didn't ask to be born here. To those much is given, much shall be required. I'm telling you, you are not satisfied with all the beautiful full stereo music coming through the radio from 10 stations here. You have to buy that new CD just for yourself. You are not satisfied with the library books. You must get books for yourself. Because it's a private, individualistic society. You are never satisfied with all the teachings, but not realizing half of the world never heard the name Jesus. They have never seen one page of the Bible. Where will we learn? When will we learn? What does it take for us to learn? Call a Christ for us is as the Father hath sent me, so send I you. You are my hand, you are my leg, you are my eyes, you are my ears, you are my tears, you are mine. Go into the world and touch the poor, the needy, the lepers, the dying and the hurting and the ones going to hell and grab them and rescue them. That is the call of Christ. If pastors keep high-side teaching and this church is only making you a better Christian, a better family man, a better father, a better mother, I'm sorry for you. That is on the beginning. The call of Christ is to die, not to live. I can assure you that. You know, there was a time, and I, I say this not out of great pride or joy. I'm, I'm, I'm broken over this thing when I think about it. There was a time. I was living by the lake, 10 acres of property. 3,200 square feet house, A grade lumber I bought from Arkansas just to build a house, best, most expensive carpet, the most expensive items you can buy in America. Money was sent through my father-in-law and all that in Germany so I can buy all this stuff. And clothes for Neiman Marcus, I mean, that's no fun. And I lived like that for two years of my life. But finally, when Jesus said to me, son, how can you live like this with the dry eyes and uh, Stone of heart when the world is going to hell. He didn't condemn me. He didn't beat me upon my head. It was his love. And I said, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyes. My life immediately began to change. Not that selling my property and my house and my cars and my clothes made me any spiritual. Nonsense. If poverty and having no money means you are spiritual, Bangladesh, Africa, India, more spiritual people. You know, we give here out of abundance. In India, in Burma, in Pakistan, other places, they give the little rice they have to cook for their children. One meal a day, that's all they may have. They take out one handful of rice and put it aside for mission work. They give out of nothing and sacrifice. Hey, live simple. You don't need another diamond ring, a new car, new house. Hey, listen, how much you need? Trim down your life. Simplify your life. Let no one dictate you what you should do. Let Jesus tell you and you follow his instruction. Remember I told you about art of following the Lord, learning to walk in the narrow road, the cross. Hey, the cross is not somebody saying, hey, here's a man, take your cross. Nobody dump cross on you. You go after it. You wake you up in the middle of the night to pray for the lost world. You decide to fast, not lose weight, but for Afghanistan, India, whatever burden God put upon your heart. You know what? We are trying to save America by marching to Washington instead of fasting and praying for two months. I'm challenging you to find a way to spend one day of the week to fast and pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters. My feeble words, O oh Lord, take what is of you and change us. Jesus, would you please remember your servants, their wives and children on the field, some of them going hungry, the suffering they go through. Speak to hearts, Lord, that not only we commit our life to you, without any reservation but we will love them pray for them and help them Jesus we love you so much we love you Amen
Thanks for listening to Nowhere to Run. You can download all of the archives to this show and others I've done for free at NowhereToRunRadio.com. Your prayers and donations are needed and appreciated. You can partner with me to reach many more people with discipleship, apologetics, and the gospel. Go to Nowhere to Run Radio to help support this ministry. Thanks for your time.